Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for Oscar 10-Day Streak, or whatever we decided to call it yesterday, as we get into our second movie of the 2024 Best Picture nominated films. It is The Holdovers, not The Hangover, The Holdover. Uh, Holdovers. Dovers? I can speak properly. (laughs) Starring uh, Paul Giamatti who I realised in this movie the lazy eye was a prosthetic. Uh, good job, Ben. Uh, oh, <laughs> controversial, though. Divine Joy Randolph uh, making his film debut, can you believe it? Dominic Caesar and uh, Tate Donovan in another <laughs> Best Picture-nominated movie. This makes two for him if I'm counting. Wasn't he in Bohemian? No, he was in Bohemian. He was in the Elton John one. Wrong one. Anyway, finally, Tate Donovan in a Best Picture-nominated film. It's taken a while. Uh, playing Jimmy Cooper all those years on the OC has finally paid off for him, so I'm glad that here he is uh, in a movie that I'm looking forward to talk about, so much so that I can't even choose a proper quote. So my name is Ben, and Mr. Hilding, for most people, sex is 99% friction and 1% goodwill. My name is Colin, and listen, you hormonal vulgarian, that woman deserves your respect, not your erotic speculation. Wow, Colin's been sitting on that one for a while. Um <laughs> I, I love this movie. This movie's fantastic. Yes. <laughs> I just want to say that right now. This, like, I was just hooked instantly. And this was a didn't-get-distracted movie. This was just great. Um, it Like, it, it's been a long time since I've seen uh, Dead Poet Society. But that was one of those ones that I remember having to watch in school and then everyone's like, oh, this movie's shit. And I really liked it. Like, I really liked Dead Poet Society. This isn't Dead Poet Society, but it had things in it that kind of remind me of Dead Poet Society. But like Paul Giamatti, I mean, what a man! We never have we talked oh. about him on this podcast before. I don't feel we have. Um, Divine Should Joy have. Randolph, I mean, Oscar front runner. I mean, she's fantastic. Uh, and I just want to say, Dominic Caesar, Cesso, however you say his name is. I was like watching this kid. I'm like, this kid's pretty good. I'm wondering what else he's been in. Nothing. This is his acting <laughs> debut. <laughs> um, so I mean, just it's fun. It's interesting. It's got some great performances in it. It's depressing. It's funny. Like it's it looks beautiful for such a simple movie set in basically one building for half the time. Like this and and the style of it, like deliberately made to look like a 1970s movie. When this movie started, I'm going like, have I got the right movie? This is like got like yeah. old credits and all everything. Like oh, I think I've downloaded the wrong movie. I mean uh, acquired uh, legally the uh, correct uh, incorrect movie somewhere, but. I mean, everything about it just looks really, really great. And I, I was looking going like, oh, Alexander Payne, like I've never seen like Sideways or anything along those lines. And I, I have seen, I think I saw Election way back in the day. I know I've seen uh, Downsizing, which was a movie with a great premise and started off well, but kind of fell away at the end. Mm-hmm. Whereas this movie, like just great. 
Loved it. Absolutely yeah. loved it. It kind of makes me want to go see Sideways now. Yeah, I've seen pretty much all of Alexander Payne's movies. He's one of these directors where half the stuff he makes is terrible. Like The Descendants with George Clooney. I hated that movie. Um, but like Sideways, About Schmidt, Election, um, even Nebraska, those were all great movies. Um, but uh, this this almost feels like this might be the best movie he ever made. And I, and I really loved Sideways back in the day as well. Uh, Paul Giamatti is just, he's always been like a supporting guy. And yeah, he's had lead roles, but th- it just feels like, it's finally time for Paul Giamatti to win an Oscar. You know, like, mm. I don't even know if he's won a supporting actor before. Yeah, he's never won like, anything. Uh, he's, he's just so good. Like, he's always been so good. And you mentioned the style of this movie. Uh, this The reason Jamie was desperate to see this movie was because of how good the trailer was. And the trailer used that same style where it was the trailer was presented like a 1970s, late 70s, early 80s movie trailer. And every single week she's like, oh, is that um, uh, movie uh, The Holdovers out yet? And like it wasn't playing or it was playing and it was starting too early where we couldn't get there in time. Uh, we finally were able to watch this and like both of us just loved every second of it. And you're 100% like this movie could have been funnier than it was. It also could have been more depressing than it was. It is like the perfect balance mm. for everything you need in this movie. Because the subject matter, the, the 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 characters you're following, they're not like pleasant people. This is like Maestro. If Maestro was done by somebody who actually knew how to direct a movie <laughs> uh, it's it's depressing people it's depressing subject matter uh but like you love it and like you, you mentioned like the look of this movie like sure it looks 80s it looks dated and stuff like that by design but it's so weird that i watch a movie like this where they're trying to make this school that is empty and it's supposed to be like so unpleasant i'm like i just want to live there i want to be bunk <laughs> in there you know in, in the cold rooms and huddled up and eating you know uh the the same foods, three three meals in a row. Pretty like, good, if you ask me. Oh, like there's something about this movie. Where I'm like, I, I kind of want to live in this world. Is this a thing? Like, I mean, I I know you're not American, but like, I I guess you Canadians sort of go live on campus at colleges, right? Similar like to America. Schools. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, Australia's culture. We don't really live on campus for university. Like, I mean, some do, like international students mm. and people that. But like, I know when I went to university, like it was just. 25 minutes down the road. So I just went home every night. Like this, this is not a real cultural thing in Australia where you go live on campus, but like, is this a thing like a whole, like an actual thing where people do have to sort of stay back over holidays if their parents aren't going to have it? Cause like, I mean the premise of it kind of basically being that if you don't know what this movie is about, Paul Giamatti is a teacher. who's not very well liked. And essentially you've got a group of kids who over the what two week Christmas break can't go back with their family. So they've got to stay back at school and they're called the holdovers. So Paul Giamatti is a teacher who's sort of got to look after them for two weeks. So, like, is this mm-hmm. a, is this a real thing, or is this just made up for movies? Well, I mean, I don't know how prominent it is here in Canada, or even you know, in today's day and age. But uh, like, obviously, we have enough movies about it that this is a thing. Uh, also, the what this reminds me of is a, the Scrooge, a Christmas Carol, because in that story, coming when they soon do the to flashback, the Network, <laughs> we're gonna be we're gonna be seeing a lot of this in a couple months. Uh, but uh, that that's sort of the story during like the Ghost of Christmas Past. First thing they do is they go back, and he's at one of these prep schools in like the you know seventeen eighteen hundreds or whatever, mm. and he is that hold the one holdover. So I mean, it's such an interesting premise because you're not just doing a school about a prep school, which. The Brendan Fraser movie uh, School Ties did this. You know, you mentioned Dead Poet Society. Like we've seen that before, but let's make a movie that's like it's it's literally the rejects. They could have just called this the rejects, you know, and setting it at Christmas. Like there's something. This almost feels like a movie that, despite what it's about, I would want to watch at Christmas time. You know? Yeah, I was thinking it's kind of like a Christmas movie, but like I think like 
we talked about the other week in Argyle how like there's twist after twist after twist. Like, I mean, it's not really a twist as such in this movie, but kind of like the holdovers themselves. Like you're gonna, you think like, oh, this is gonna be a whole movie about like these kids hanging out, but then kind of something happens and you only basically end up with one kid. And you're like, yeah. oh, okay, I wasn't expecting that, but cool. But like, I think it's just that dynamic of having sort of the, you know, it is still a movie where you can kind of guess what's going to happen, like sort of the gruff, sort of like hated teacher and a boy who's mm. a bit of trouble and they're going to, you know, form a fatherly-son relationship, which kind of happens. But I think like there are definitely things that happen in this movie. Like you think, say, there's a love story that's going to go a certain way or then I was kind of guessing that a love thing would happen a different way, which didn't happen. And then you kind of got, you know, this great character played by Divine Joy Randolph, who I'm not really familiar oh, yeah. with her at all. Um, and honestly, like this is a like I went into this sort of knowing a little bit about this movie, but I don't know if I really paid attention to what this got nominated outside of Paul Giamatti, which I feel bad for because obviously Divine is sort of the front runner for best supporting actress and will probably win it. And I mean, her character is heartbreaking, but still at the same time, like can have a bit of fun. And I mean, she's incredible. I'm a bit sad that Dominic mm-hmm. Sessa didn't get nominated for an Oscar because like I think like for a yeah. first time movie, like I mean, this kid is incredible. Like. You feel he's such an established actor, but again, he's like, he's been nothing. This is literally his first ever acting role. And a random shout out I want to put out to Carrie Preston, who plays sort of what the school, I guess, like. <laughs> so many carries lately. This I know. This is a name that can't leave us. But, um, like, I know you've never really watched True Blood, but she was a prominent character in True Blood for a long time. And it's kind of just odd to see her kind of like, I mean, in a role like this, in a, in a Best Picture uh, nominated movie. Like, yeah, random woman from True Blood who I liked. Now you're in a movie like this. Like, good for you. But, um, yeah, I mean, casting is fantastic. The chemistry between everyone's great. And particularly when you sort of got these three main characters who sort of have the bulk of the screen time, you sort of, you need that. And it's it's like a, it's one of these realistic movies where everything just feels natural. It sometimes doesn't feel like you're watching a movie. It almost feels like you're watching a reality show, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this that's also something that isn't really an Alexander Payne thing. Like, he. He, his movies sort of they feel very grounded but then there's something like did you ever you never saw about schmidt no no okay oh, yeah. i'm about schmidt is an example where it starts off and you're like i'm living in this grounded real world and it just becomes more and more implausible election is definitely a lot more on the you know fiction fantasy world not that it's literally like mordor <laughs> lord <laughs> of the rings or something like hogwarts but like <laughs> this is clearly it is not real this is not reality everything about this movie just feels real yeah um and the performances and i don't i don't know about the other kids in this movie because there's a lot of uh the kids and like the, i guess the first act of this movie i don't see links to any of them on wikipedia i'm gonna assume that what alex and Payne did is he just said i just want these kids to be real so let's just catch a bunch cast a bunch of people who've never actually acted before um which i think and like, you that's how tell. i know that's how dominic sessa got cast because i read about that so mm-hmm. i'm assuming the others were yeah basically the same yeah uh i mean i don't know when we look at all the categories if i'm gonna be like you know everybody in this movie deserved to be nominated everybody deserved to uh win but like this is this is almost the anti i'm not just gonna keep bagging out uh uh maestro but this wow. is when you were saying about maestro yesterday about how this is a movie that like a few years from I'm gonna look at oh that's right i did watch this movie this is the type of movie that like i would be shocked if two years from now i wasn't still thinking about the holdovers that if this wouldn't be something where two years from now we're gonna be like oh the holdovers that right that that was a movie we watched no this is it's a memorable movie everything about this is memorable um the even when they leave the school like they start to go on locations i thought oh i kind of want to spend like i said i want to live in the school when they start to go on location and everything and they're in the middle of Boston or whatever city that is, it, it still was just enjoyable to me. I think it's kind of like, 
I mean, again, I've only seen what now four of the Oscar movies. Again, we haven't rewatched Oppenheimer and Barbie, but um, it's kind of reminds me a little bit of like this year's Triangle of Sadness, where it's kind of like, like I mean, that's a movie that I've not watched mm. since we watched it, but it was enjoyable, right? And you kind of want to see it again, and kind of like it. You don't forget it. Yeah, like like again, the Maestro example. Like, yeah, I'm going to look back in a few years. And go, yeah, I watched that. It's kind of like, but there's been a few of these we've done over the years, which I've honestly never gone back and rewatched. Like, I've never rewatched what three billboards, and like I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I remember enjoying Lady Bird. That was somewhat enjoyable, but like, have I ever gone back and rewatched it? No. Um, but like, it's probably one of these ones where it's like, actually, well, the classic example of that is I did recently just rewatch Green Book and I remember watching Green Book. And I'm like, this is a good movie. I like Green Book. And then when mm. I was on the plane and I saw it, I'm like, Green Book, I haven't watched that in a while. I'm going to rewatch it. And again, still enjoy Green Book. Deserve best picture. Shut up. People who said it didn't. <laughs> um, so yeah, I feel this is one of those ones too. So this only got, uh, five nods. And what do we say? Marsha, I got like eight, nine, like it was like six or seven. Yeah, which I mean, so this got best picture, obviously, best actor, best supporting actress, best original screenplay, and best editing. Um, I mean, honestly, like in the conversation for best actor, although I think Paul Giamatti is what like second favorite, I think, behind Cillian Murphy. Yeah, Cillian Murphy. Uh, Cillian Murphy. Which, look, I, I, I would be happy with any. Like, honestly, like. I don't know much about Coleman Domingo. I'm sorry, Coleman Domingo. I don't really, not really familiar with you, but the best actor this year is one of these ones where I'd be happy with anyone winning. Like, I mean, I know you mm. didn't like Bradley Cooper in Maestro, but I'd be very happy to see him win an Oscar. Obviously, Jeffrey Wright. I mean, why wouldn't we want to see Jeffrey Wright win an Oscar? Uh, and then, you know, is it Killian or Cillian? Which one is it? I think I think it's Killian. Killian. All right, sure. Killian Murphy. Uh, we like him. And then obviously Paul Giamatti. And, and no disrespect to you, Coleman Domingo. If you win, I'm sure you're great. Um, so I've just, I don't, I don't really know who you are. But I, I think obviously the one that they're all talking about is Divine Joy Randolph winning Best uh, Actress, which I'm sad. Supporting. In, yeah. Supporting, sorry. I mean, anything Jodie Foster's nominated in. I mean, I've not seen Nyad, but I mean, I love Jodie Foster to death. So I would love to see her win a third Oscar, but she's probably not going to win it. But yeah, I mean, she was great in this movie. And what's she been in? Has she been in much before? Because again, I'm not overly familiar I'm- with her. Apparently she's in Rust in that movie with Coleman Domingo. Oh. Uh, so she's got more than one this year. Um, only, oh, no. So I do know her because she's in, uh, she's one of the main cast members, especially in the first season of Only Murders in the Building. Uh, I haven't watched uh, She plays like a detective in that. Uh, a lot of voice work, like Trolls, World Tour, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. This is like, Casper would be very familiar with her voice, apparently. because <laughs> uh, She's done a lot of voice work here. Um, yeah, this is, I guess, sort of like her her year. I wouldn't say this would be her breakover because I guess Rustin, same year as this, but uh, this is kind of her breakout year. And I don't feel like anybody else is even in her league in the supporting actress category. And I love Nyad. Nyad, I, I, I think I recommended you watch that. Um, it, it's probably a type of movie that maybe should have gotten nominated for Best Picture, especially over Maestro. But uh, I don't think anybody is in Divine Joy Randolph's league in this category. She's an easy favorite. Um, Paul Giamatti, I mean, it's really between Killian Murphy and Paul Giamatti, although I don't think like, Giamatti wins. I think this movie's probably a lock for his original screenplay at this point as well. I was going to say, why didn't Alexander Payne get nominated for Best Director? Yeah, well, everybody's talking about how Greta Gerwig didn't get nominated. How about all the other people who didn't get nominated? There's, there's also other good directors who did not get nominated. Why, why don't they extend the Best Director category? Like, well, they extended the Best Picture category, yeah. so like, I, I feel like the Best Director category. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, again... Barbie's not a bad movie. It's just not a Ben movie. And and I would say this is a better movie. So surely, oh, sexist, sexist, Greta Gerwig has to be nominated, all this kind of stuff, whatever. Um, I, this is also a movie too where like I, 
certain movies with soundtracks really grate me. Like Juno's always one that comes oh, yeah. to mind. Like I just I fucking can't like I don't I think Juno's an overrated movie anyway, but the the music of it makes it ten times worse. Like that just it just grates in your brain. It's just that kind of like sad, depressing, just like, oh, shut up music. Whereas this to me has a soundtrack where it should be, I should be feeling that way. But there's just something about this soundtrack that I actually really like. And it's sort mm-hmm. of, I mean, it obviously fits with the vibe of this being like a 70s movie, made like a 70s movie, marketed like a 70s movie. Everything about this is like a 70s movie. But I just kind of like just that almost like folky kind of like, you feel, AM radio, 70s. You feel like you should be in rural New England listening to yeah. this music. Like, you know, like I was thinking about this. When they start this movie and you're kind of hearing that music, I'm thinking like music really does make a difference because like all of a sudden you started playing like gangster rap over the top of this. Like you're going to have a completely different vibe over this movie. Like there, there is like a, a, I think an Instagram channel where it like says like music makes all the difference and they literally will get a famous movie scene and they'll add like completely different music to it and you completely feel different feelings about it. But mm-hmm. It fits perfectly. And I, am I going to go out and get this soundtrack? No, but like I didn't hate it. And I think it was kind of enjoyable and adds to the vibe. Yeah, it, it suits this movie. Um, and there's another movie which I absolutely loved. It was like hands down my favorite. Well, like two years ago or whatever during uh, the uh, Oscar and month. Jamie's uh, here. Here comes a cheeseburger. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, eat in a minute. Uh, but uh, it was a movie Licorice Pizza that came out and it had... Again, like a 70s soundtrack, but not like the type of 70s stuff that like you know, I would typically go to my way to listen to. Like you, I'm not going to be going on my way to listen to a lot of stuff on this. But in this movie, it so perfectly suits this movie uh, that it is one of these things where it's like when you hear this song, you're going to be thinking about this movie now. I, I, I mean, I don't want to say I question it getting nominated for film editing. I mean, it was a good, well-edited film, obviously done like it's sort of even the way they use like the cuts and just kind of the edits, which feel like a 70s movie. Right? We've got swipes in this movie and things like that that you'd never see anymore. But, I mean, you sort of look at it, what it's up against. Again, I've seen Oppenheimer. I mean, to me, that probably should win if I'm looking at this just on face value, having not seen uh, Anatomy of a Fall, Killers of the Flower Moon or Poor Things just yet. But, I mean, it's it's interesting that this got nominated for that and maybe not like a, you know, a, a best original song or best original score or something to do with the sound category and that it got an editing yeah. one instead. Yeah, I mean, editing is one of these weird categories that um, I'm spitting everywhere. Wow. He's, he's shoveling <laughs> his cheeseburger down. But uh, it's one of these weird categories where there never seems to be a rhyme or reason for what they put up. It used to be like editing would be the big action movies, right? And obviously mm. Oppenheimer fits into that. I don't feel like anything else is in the league of Oppenheimer if we're talking about what's like a clear favorite. But the holdovers like in this category just doesn't quite fit. Although I like that it's nominated because... This movie has a, there's a lot that happens in this movie and it has one of these paces where it's like, you're not bored. And it just, it, it the movie itself, even the pace of it kind of drags you in. So I don't think it always has to be like fast cuts in everything to, you know, have the editing really be important. I think even a movie like this, where you're setting a tone and you just keep that consistent start to finish, it kind of works. That's a good point you make with that. I just wanted to touch on the, the lazy eye thing because I like, I, it becomes a plot point, but like, I'm honestly watching this movie at the beginning going like, no, Paul Giamatti had a lazy eye because, like, it's not something that really gets mentioned until, like, a good, what, halfway through the movie, two-thirds away in the movie. So, like, this whole time I'm watching this going, like, oh, he's got a lazy eye. Didn't know that. Okay, good for Paul Giamatti. And then, obviously, no, it was a prosthetic and apparently he's come out <laughs> saying, like, it was hard to see during the movie. But, uh, I mean, controversial, like the, the fake nose that we talked about yesterday. Yeah. 
no controversy around Giamatti's fake eye. This is just, it's anti-Semitism. It's, it's let's attack the guy who's using a Jewish nose, uh, but we're not going to attack the white guy who, I don't even know what his character is supposed to be. Um, I, it's so funny because like, I'm a huge Paul Giamatti fan. And like you, I was watching this being like, wonder when his life, I started going, is this something that happened in the last couple of years? Like, did he get kicked by, you know, a, a horse or something like that? And he was making a Western. Like I was trying to figure it out. But, and part of that is because like, they don't go out of their way to mention it. And that's like everything about this movie. Nothing is obvious when you're talking about like, there's, there's not big twists in these movies. Um, there's revelations throughout yeah. this movie, but it's the fact that they don't draw any attention to it. That makes it almost feel like a twist. So when, stuff's revealed when people address like the lazy eye it takes you forever to realize like this is part of the movie it's just like uh divine joey randall's son you know they barely mention him for a while mm. and you start to think like oh this is just a passing reference and you realize no this is gonna be like really part of the movie one thing i need to mention because we brought him up got to talk about him again i didn't know he was in this movie until i'm watching the opening credits and i saw his name pop up tate donovan i mean what a man um very small scene um you know just in for one scene i'm literally watching this movie going when's tate showing up when's tate showing up <laughs> just you, you know ben getting too excited for jimmy cooper but can we just talk about tate donovan for two seconds what a man i mean he he did great over the phone in this movie um <laughs> ruining a kid's christmas yeah i was at the end he's on a couch holding a christmas shaky thingy um but yeah, I mean, this has got to be the first time he's been in an Oscar-nominated movie, right? Like, I can't think That's of... That's an interesting question. Um, he Love was... Pushing with number nine was nominated and nominated for Best Picture. Um, I don't remember him Waiting for Woody? I don't even know what that is. Swordfish. <laughs> Space oh, yeah, Camp. Man. Come on. Space Camp was, was definitely... Swordfish? The Pacifier. The Pacifier. Yeah, he, I, he was like a senator or something like that in that. That's a good movie. Um, Oh, I good love night and good luck. Oh, no, yeah, so there we go. He was in one that was nominated for Best Picture. And Argo. Oh. I forgot about Argo, yeah. Okay. Manchester so- by the Sea, three so- of them. He's on a roll. Sorry, Tate. <laughs> Take it back. <laughs> Everything he's in is nominated for Best You want a movie get nominated for Best Picture? Put Tate Donovan in there. This is like, again, I've always, we talked about it last year, which can we just right now remember this time a year ago, Brendan Fraser was about to win an Oscar. Um, <laughs> yeah, that- I've, I've, I've cracked the code. Greta, you want to get a Best Director nomination finally. Bill yourself as Tate Donovan and he'll nominate you. I, I'm actually a little bit more intrigued about the fact that he was in uh, the, is it the Aretha Franklin movie Respect, where he played uh, famous record producer, civil rights actors and music critic John Hammond. Uh, so um, I may know a John Hammond from more famously from a movie character. I want to see Tate Donovan going, Dr. Grant, my dear, Dr. Sattler, welcome to Jurassic Park in the Jurassic World 4. Uh, Tate Donovan. I could see that. Take Donovan in a Jurassic Park movie. I'm on board. Play of Lost Raptor. Ah, <laughs> I'm Tate Donovan. I can't do a Tate Donovan impersonation. <laughs> Tate Donovan. Ah, I said Lost Raptor. I'm pirate. It's a pirate. Velociraptor. <laughs> you know, you know that whole thing when they're going to do super soldiers of like dinosaurs mixed with humans. Well, it's a crossover. It's like Johnny Depp. Soon, it's like, uh, our clever girl, our clever girl. <laughs> Arg, I'm going to rip your guts out. Um, it's a buy from me. I mean, yep. it's a number one right now of the two movies that we've done. Um, <laughs> Easily. But I mean, I see this right. I mean, again, technically seen four. I've seen Oppenheimer and Barbie. And spoiler alert, if I had to rank those, this would still be number one. So, um, mm. yeah, I mean, I'm intrigued to see the next six. And, and rewatch Oppenheimer and Barbie to see if my opinions change. But this is this is fun. This is enjoyable. I I want to watch it again. I, I might watch it at Christmas. Let's add this to our Christmas movies yeah. list one year. 
Maybe we should. I mean, it, it like it fits in with the Scrooge thing, right? Yeah. Kid left behind. Um, yeah, let's just let's just scrap one of the Scrooge movies. We're we're doing so many Scrooge movies, we can lose one of them to do the hold if we want to. Just do Scrooge year, but you're you're buying it as well, I'm guessing. Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Number one for you, of course, as well. Number one. Uh Maestro is finally knocked out of the top spot. Oh, he's a he's a very happy man. Uh, which what are we doing tomorrow? We haven't worked this out. So um, um, I I was thinking maybe we could get the subtitled ones out of the way if you're in a reading mood. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I, I guess I have to be now. Um, so uh, please update me on what those ones are. Because hang on, I'm so, going to guess it's either going to be uh, Anatomy of a Fall or the Korean one, Past Lives. Uh, is it Past Lives? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think Zone of Interest is is. Partly subtitled as well. well. Past lives will have less subtitles because some of it's in English. Well, I think I. I mean, I flick through the versions I've got. I'm pretty sure I must have a dub ver- a dubbed version of Anatomy of a Fall because I'm flicking through that. It didn't have subtitles. I had the English. So. Oh no, you. It's been a while since I've seen that. Yeah, Anatomy of Fall, like Past Lives, a lot of it is in English as oh, well. Okay, well there you go. Right there you go. So um, both movies you're not going to be reading the whole time. You're you're hosting, so take your pick. What would you rather host? Let's, let's do Past Lives first. Right, and then we'll do Anatomy of a Fall. So I can know what two to watch tonight. Um, so. Yeah. Sure. Uh, anything to say on past lives? I haven't seen it. Um, it's a movie about relationships. Oh, Colin loves it. Then <laughs> it's a very it's a very simple movie. Um, and even though it's Korean, it mostly takes place in New York, and it kind of has a Canadian connection that seems to have mostly been edited out. Oh, racist against Canadians! Is this one where we're going to try and get Noah on? Has he seen this? I don't know. So uh, we'll find out. But okay, sure, we'll we'll do that next and. We'll continue plugging along, and I think we delay the zone of interest and poor things as much as we can because neither of us can find copies of it online, and we probably have to go to the cinemas to see them. So um, <laughs> we should be doing what we should be doing legally, which is, of course, what we're doing. Uh, I don't know anything else that we would be doing. You're going to do it, do it legally. And that's the Ben Waterworth motto, sort of. Um, Monday, back for 24. We've got Ghostbusters happening next week and other great things happening. Like, subscribe, do all the things we tell you to do at the end because we told you to uh my name is ben and that was my fucking glove and my name is colin and if i were your parents i'd never want you home again thanks for downloading this episode of the oz network make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher google Podcasts, or by copying our rss feed into your preferred podcast provider and while you're there please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback you can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time.
Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. (laughs) 